Hey friends, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by my friends over at Kent Cartridge. Uh, I've got a man, I've got a lot of history with this brand, going back to my college days when I was waiting tables just to fund my duck hunting addiction. That's when I first discovered Kent, and uh, I'd mess around with other brands, cheaper brands, and literally watch the pellets bounce off of greenheads. Uh, I found Kent, and I fell in love. And nothing's changed over the last 20 years except for, well, I'd say Fast Steel 2.0 is even better than the original. And Kent offers a premium shell at a sub-premium price. Check it out. It's Fast Steel 2.0. You can find it at your local retailer. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born and more, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists Think about that, targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. And I feel like number one. And yet I'm last in line. I watch my youngest son. And it helps to pass the time. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into episode 654 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here today. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We certainly did at the uh, Smith House, minus the sniffles that uh, seem to come along with everybody gathering in mass to uh, celebrate family Thanksgiving. But uh, other than that, man. The good times were many. Blessed to be around friends and family. Hope that you guys did the same. And uh, I hope that you took some time to get into the great outdoors. We certainly did. And, you know, when I was a kid, I think we just got like Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. It may be Wednesday before Thanksgiving was even a half day. We definitely got Thanksgiving Day and, and Black Friday off. But kids get an entire week now in public school in North Texas. I don't know if your kids do, but uh, Henry and I made the most of that. Went to the deer lease for three days, four days, three nights, and had a great time. And we'll talk about uh, that adventure on today's broadcast. So you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee, black rifle, if you know what's good for you. Out of granddaddy's beat up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And to kick things off, we'll be joined by bow hunter Kyle Peterson. Uh, you might have heard the story about the hunter who shot a red stag in the Sam Houston National Forest. Awesome, right? Once in a lifetime encounter, made a great shot, hell of a trophy, delicious meat. So cool, except for it wasn't because it was confiscated. 
on a technicality that makes absolutely no sense considering how we manage, or actually we don't really manage, we just shoot on site, but how we treat exotics in the state of Texas. So yes, it's a law that doesn't make it a good law. Uh, we will have Kyle on to talk all about that experience from the thrill of taking a once in a lifetime trophy uh, to the utter just low of a game warden knocking on your door and uh, and taking it away from you. So Kyle will be here. Then uh, a very special guest will join me in studio. He happens to live in the same house as me. And uh, Henry and I shared a very uh, special father-son extended weekend out at the Deer Lease over the Thanksgiving holidays. And uh, to say that the new lease is a target-rich environment would be a gross understatement. Uh, we got a coyote, ducks, uh, a huge boar, and uh, I shot a deer, and maybe Henry shot a deer as well. But uh, we'll get into how that weekend played out as we battled freezing cold temperatures. The kid didn't complain one time. Super proud of him. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, he was very proud of himself for good reason. So uh, we'll share that experience as Henry joins us in studio coming up at the bottom of the hour. Let's do a quick giveaway. How about a NUMA button-up shirt in their Kaza camo pattern? And, and don't think like an itchy, no, 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 no. It's not cotton. It's that microfiber stuff that you'd associate like with a fishing shirt. Uh, they, they call it their shooting shirt. It's vented, so it keeps you cool on a warm Texas day. Uh, we've also got a NUMA stuff sack as well and a NUMA cap. So $100 value for today's NUMA giveaway. Just email the word NUMA. That's NUMA, P-N-U-M-A, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you're entered into today's giveaway. Um, coming up next... Bow hunter Kyle Peterson joins us to discuss how his once in a lifetime harvest took a quick turn south right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Would you make a shallow so I can feel the rain? Wow, we live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media and if you're a gun owner and a hunter and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things then pff, you're already on the blacklist you're getting censored you might not even know it take it from me i had my instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year Mm-hmm. guess what that kind of stuff doesn't happen over at go wild it's a community of people who love to hunt fish and cook their wild game they also love guns if you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts with that kind of content, just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild. I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers 
finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Feels like I'm living in the middle of doubt Cause I'm 18 I get confused every day 18 I just don't know what to say 18 I gotta get away Alright, Cablesmith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks so much for being here today. Man, we've got an interesting conversation to get into here with bow hunter Kyle Peterson. Before we do that, though, this segment proudly brought to you by Stealth Cam and the Reactor Wireless Cellular Camera. These things used to cost a mint. I'm not talking about the Reactor. I'm talking about cellular cameras. Things used to be like 400 bucks back in the day. Now you can pick one up for, I think you can get a Reactor for like $120. Data plans as cheap as $5 a month. You can find them at a tractor supply, or you can just head over to stealthcam.com to pick one up today. With that being said, let's bring him on right now. Joining us from, um, I think, the Houston area, it's my pleasure to welcome Kyle Peterson to the show. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so where are you from? Uh, A little bit all over. Uh, I live in the Spring Woodlands area. And, uh, you know, grew up in California, Oregon, uh, my whole family's from Oregon. Um, so I actually grew up kind of watching them, uh, go on elk hunts and mule deer hunts. And like, you know, I'm like, was little and, um, you know, so a little bit all over the place, but Houston is mainly my home, North Houston. Okay. So you've been here a while. Yes. Yeah. I went to the Woodlands high school, Montgomery high school. So I was going to go to Sam, play baseball there. I uh, ended up getting, you know, shoulder hurt and, uh, you know, and then, then started working. Uh, so have you been hunting your whole life then? No, actually, uh, just something I uh, recently kind of picked up. I had some friends, uh, you know, go out to the Sam Houston National Forest and we're into archery. And um, it's kind of like a newfound love for me because I played sports my whole life. So I really never had the opportunity to go hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then I had some, some friends just kind of show me the way. And, you know, one of them was a, a, a guide, a guided in, in Colorado. And, um, you know, so I'd always just start to pick up these new things and, and I'm in the roofing construction industry. And, um, and so a lot of like reps would take us out on hunts and, you know, hunting and dove hunting. And, you know, it started to become more and more. Uh, and so something I just, you know, recently fell in love with in the last three years. Yeah. Wow. So you, but you're all in, it sounds like you're, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying the challenge of archery, like going out, um, putting in the time and the effort. Um, it's not easy. You don't hunt at feeders. Um, and so that's kind of the, the love of being in the forest is kind of new for me and, and I'm really enjoying that for sure. And so you've mostly been hunting, uh, the Sam Houston national forest. Yes. Yeah. Besides okay. a few other, you know, private property ranches and stuff like that. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing major and too, too, consi- too exciting, but, uh, every once in a while I'll get a chance to go out there and go to a ranch and I'll, I even enjoy helping them set up, set up the feeders, set up the stands, uh, oh, yeah. that stuff's, you know, new to me. So kind of uh-huh. taking it all in, in the last three years. 
So have you, prior to the instance that we're going to talk about today, had you had any luck uh, bow hunting in the Sam Houston? So last year I got a uh, doe uh, early season um, from a tree. Um, that was kind of like when, you know, I, the year before I was uh, just taking my bow out there, walking around. I didn't even really have a chance to do scouting. I was kind of going off friends' pinpoint areas. And, um, you know, and then the last last year I started going in by myself. I started, you know, bringing in my uh, climber. I started to uh, enjoy it a lot more and going out there and, and, and hunting. Uh, so um, just learning all of it and starting to take it all in. Yeah, mostly, mostly, most of the time I was hunting in the sand. Okay. There's a, a pretty good understanding in Texas that exotics, and that includes feral hogs, uh, axis deer, black buck, even elk, um, psyca. I mean, the list goes on and on. We have, um, we have a lot of opportunity because of things that once were fenced no longer are in Texas. Yeah. yeah. But we treat them all the same. We treat exotics like the invasives that they are. We put whitetail on a pedestal. We want to protect our whitetail. Uh, out west, we put desert bighorn on a pedestal. We want to protect them from uh, audad competing for the same habitat. And I have no problem. I mean, Texas Parks and Wildlife even shoots audad out of a helicopter in yeah, places yeah. where they've dumped a lot of money into desert bighorn um, reintroduction or uh, you know habitat. So, I mean, they're the ones that are behind the, the notion that we treat them all the same. No closed season, uh, no bag limit. Shoot them with whatever weapon you want, whenever you want, because there are no rules. So when I saw this story, someone sent me a link to it, and it was your smiling face posing with a, a beautiful red stag. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then you find out, well, it, it ended up not being so cool because no. someone came and came knocking and took the red stag from you. So before we talk about that, I do want to hear uh, about how the hunt played out. Like, yeah. were you set up close to, you know, a private uh, high fence where these elk may, or these red stag may have gotten out? Or did you have pictures on a game camera of them? Were, were other hunters aware of them? Like, give me the background here because uh, I'm certainly interested to find out all the details. So last year, late season, we got them on game camera and I knew about them. Um, and really just, I knew the area that they were in. It wasn't near a high fence. It was like away. And it was actually an area where I was very first hunting, like very first learned the, the land and was comfortable with the land. And so I was really shocked to see them on a game cam, you know, late season last year. <clears throat> Did you know what they were immediately when you saw them? So there was a debate. Like, you know, I sent him the picture screenshot, you know, like I sent it to my buddies, a guide, you know, the first, first thought is a psycho, um, you know, mixed with elk and, you know, and then, you know, obviously stag, all those got thrown out there. So I didn't really know, um, exactly what it was until I, until I, until I shot it. Um, so yeah, no, it's, I didn't know, I didn't know exactly what it was. My friends kind of have an, I had an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that day it wasn't even, it wasn't even a thought. Like I was just hunting a normal area that I hunt. I know there's lots of whitetails there. Uh, I've seen a bunch. Um, 
And so I was literally just, I, I, I got up there early in the morning and uh, I actually got, I was in the tree. Um, it got to about 10. I sat there like 30, 40 minutes longer. You know, it got to like 1030 and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit here a little bit longer. And I finally, I was like, you know, what? let's, let's just time to pack it up and go home. It's actually a really nice day. It's pretty warm actually. And this was and, in October. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was pretty, pretty warm. And, you know, so I got down and I actually go, you know, about two miles into the national forest. I kind of go, go a little bit further. Um, and so I was walking out, I was just walking out and, you know, just kind of on the beeline of my truck, just going, going. And, uh, I look up and I see a doe and I range it at 200 yards. And so I was like, all right, hunts back on. I, there's a doe in front of me. There's probably buck around there or there's more does around there. So, you know, I'm going to try to sneak up on it. So I get knocked up. I get excited. I'm, you know, the hunts back on and I'm like 260 yards away from my truck, uh, walking up pipeline kind of, so I got some visibility. Um, and uh, so I get to where the doe was, it blew me about hundred yards, blew, ran off. And, um, and so I was like, oh, okay. So I'm going to get ready for the next set to run across. And there were, there were, there was more, there was more coming. Mm-hmm. And I got up to where the, where the, where, where they were crossing. And all of a sudden I hear this like big sound, uh, to my right. And I look over and I just see horns. I just see this massive mm. Rack. I've never seen anything like, you know, was, I got super excited. Um, and so I sat, I kneeled down and it was still coming like on the line, following the white tail does. Like there's three does there. Um, and it was following them, um, on that exact oh. line. And I basically, I sat down, I waited and, um, I saw it at about 20 yards and I was like, Oh, shit, that's not a white tail. But it was like, I kind of knew what it was at that point. Cause I saw the, you know, the, the, uh, the chest and, uh, <clears throat> and I waited for it to cross a tree and I literally had just like a split second to decide to shoot or not shoot. You know, I got extremely excited. I never even knew it was, uh, legal to hunt those or shoot them. You know, I just was like, Oh, it's an exotic. Like that was my first thought. Like, right. It's an exotic. I'm going to get, we're going to get this thing. Mm-hmm. And it, I wait, it, we had like a, like a 10 second stare off. Cause it, I was, there was brush and there was a tree and it was literally facing me front front quartering. And I was like, I don't really have a good shot. I was like, but I can probably hit it through this, through this brush and hit it in its, in its, you know, its chest. And so I just shot it through the tree at sec at 16 yards threw it right through the tree, hit him right in the perfect spot in the front. And uh, he went 20 yards and then expired. So that's another thing I didn't realize that you, shot him right at you you took a frontal shot yeah uh, i've shot an elk at about that same distance i think it was 18 yards or so in the chest yeah. and it ran 40 yards and i could see the devastation blood just pouring out like it was yeah. a crime scene so i don't know that i would take one outside of 20 yards but uh, if you can get an arrow in that frontal area and it's it's a devastating shot i highly recommend it i yeah and i did not even think that because i was waiting for that you know the broadside shot and we had like a 10 second stare off and i finally was like this dude's about to jam he's about to jam out of here mm-hmm. 
and I just let it go. And it, yes, it was a devastating hit. Like he only went 20 and I saw him go down. I was like, what just happened? Have you, had you ever even thought about taking a frontal shot before? No. I say, I don't, I wouldn't take one on a whitetail. I don't think, um, no, I was so jumpy. Yeah. I was but, forced to do it and let it go. Elks, I've seen the videos. Cause yeah. I watched a ton of, I watched a ton of elk hunting videos and I watched, uh, you know, a ton of uh, just, you know, I'm starting to get into it. So I watched a lot, some of those, like the kid, you know, hitting them in the, in the neck or whatever. And it just fell, you know, forward. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a classic stuff like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it's not a decision. I don't think people make like, I'm going to do that. If I, it's here, you're in the moment. Do you have the ability to make the shot? Are you a killer or are you just out there watching nature? And at the end of the day, you're there to put meat on the table. And it's like, I can get an arrow in there. Sure. Yeah. You've seen the videos. You know, it can be lethal. I've only done it once. So have you with devastating results. So (laughs) I was, I was super excited, pumped. And then, like, after it went down, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I really don't know, you know, I, I got to call some buddies on this. Like, is it, you know, can I post it? Is it something? So I literally got home with it before I was like, you know what? I had several people tell me it's exotics. Yeah, exotics are free game in Texas, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Shoot them at night, you know. I was like, oh, okay. Well, no big deal. I'll, po- I'll post it on this, you know, this public page. Uh-huh. And then the game warden was at my house like 24 hours later. He was, yeah. A federal or state game warden? Uh, I don't know the difference. Well, like, so if he's a state game warden, he works for Texas, but it was so it's the Sam Houston National Force. So I'm wondering if it was a federal game warden that came. I'm I'm thinking it was a Texas game warden. Uh, okay. he's a local guy works the Sam uh, uh quite a bit. Um, so I think it was a I think it was a Texas a Texas one, yeah. Well, if he specifically works the Sam, I would think he's a federal, but I have no idea. It'll be interesting to find that out. Yeah. But so I guess somewhere written in the regulations, it lists, it doesn't say you can't shoot red stack. It says you can shoot these species, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, like, that's what they were hounding on. Like, they're like, Hey man, this box and anything in the box is, is the game. Anything outside the box, you cannot shoot. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I guess that makes sense a little bit. Um, but no, it doesn't it, make sense at all. It makes zero it, sense. It's the law, it, right? I, so you, it, you broke the law technically. That yeah. doesn't make it a good law because yeah. we have in, like we already outlined at the beginning of this conversation in our state, these things are treated without yeah. any regard. Like I'm not going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say they're disrespected. Like, and well, I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. So it, it's, it makes it better for us as hunters when you do have that free range uh, yeah. I'm going to say this was a once in a lifetime opportunity to take a red stag yeah. on the, in the Sam Houston national forest when you're hunting white tailed deer. Um, and I understand they got you on a technicality and it, at the end of the day, yeah. yeah, you broke the law. If they write you a ticket, it, you know, it is what it is. I, you broke the law. You probably should get the ticket, but that doesn't mean that, that it's a good law. And that's why I wanted to have you on here because it's a stupid law all over yeah. the state. They want these things wiped out. Texas Parks and Wildlife doesn't want red stag in the Sam Houston National Forest. And I guarantee you the feds who oversee every national forest don't want exotics in their national forest either. So then why are they writing guys tickets for getting rid of um, what they view as a uh, a problem or at least a little bit of a headache? Yeah, a lot of people have actually reached out to me um, and told me, like, don't plead guilty fight it go to a jury like do all this stuff i'm like man 
you know, I'm, I don't know the laws all that well, you know, I'm still learning and, and new to the, the hunting and everything. So I might not be the guy to, to run that forefront. Like this is your show. This is what you do. It's your passion, you know? So that's why I kind of agreed to come on, you know, and, and, and talk about it because, you know, you're, you're the guy that's going to help change that law, you know, maybe yeah. not me. Um, it's just well, something it's a stupid I, law. Like yeah, I, you, they made they made uh, an honest hunter into a bad guy is what they did. And I support Texas Parks and Wildlife and I support the feds most of the time. But the problem here is they have an antiquated law on the books. They know we have exotics running around, not yeah. usually around that area, but in the hill country, there's exotics everywhere. They even do drawn hunts for exotics. I went on one one time uh, for the hill country state natural area where they're like, hey, you might see axis deer or mouflon or X number of other species. Please shoot them. Yeah. Get them out of there. You would think that you're still in Texas. Why would you? Why would you not want these things out of the Sam Houston as well? Yeah. Uh, so that's the problem. I was like, well, why don't somebody take that thing or put it back? Go catch it. I don't know. It's, it's like if I see a zebra in the national forest, that's gonna another. That's another thing. that's crazy. Is there's a zebra and they're just letting it exist. Yeah, I heard. I heard there was a zebra in there. From somebody. They said it to me they, they, at the, when they came and got my stag. They're like, "Yeah, there's a zebra out there too," and I was like, "Well, okay, okay why doesn't why don't we shoot it then?" Yeah, how can I get it? <laughs> how can we shoot it? I don't uh, understand. Texas, like if a zebra's out there in Texas somewhere else, and they can they can take them. Yeah, uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. There's still a lot more to get into on this topic, uh, and I am interested to know if you were able to eat any of the stag before it was confiscated uh, and the status of the the ticket. Uh, I don't know if you lost any hunting rights or anything like that. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Vortex Optics. You know, a good hoodie is a staple of any wardrobe. And to celebrate Vortex's love of all things fall, they're offering 40% off every comfort and performance hoodie on the website. That's uh, also part of the Black Friday sale, which goes through December 1st. That's 40% off performance and comfort hoodies over at vortexoptics.com. We'll be right back with more from Kyle Peterson on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Time it was till close and time came around. My drinking days are over, but I'm still trouble bound. Some say a silenced gunshot is the baddest sound out there. At Silencer Central, we have another favorite. It's the sound of silence delivered to your front door. When you buy from Silencer Central, we handle your application, set you up with a free NFA gun trust, and deliver your silencer straight to you. With an average 90-day turnaround time when you use e-forms, buying a silencer is simpler than ever. Visit silencercentral.com and we'll help you get started. Did you know that Orvis has been family-owned since its inception in 1856? Think about that. Uh, they also donate 5% back to protecting nature. Orvis and his customers have raised and donated more than $20 million to protecting nature over the past 25 years. They continue to grow a community of outdoorsmen and women with classes focused on everything from fly fishing to wing shooting and hunting dog handling from basics all the way to advanced. And don't forget about their unique fly fishing and wing shooting trips all over the world. Orvis, proudly American-made fly fishing gear since 1856. Hey guys, Cable here for Cryo and More, your one-stop feel-good shop in McKinney, Texas. You know, the one thing you can't run from is age. And uh, if you still push the envelope pretty hard like I do, you stay a little beat up. 
And that's where cryotherapy comes into play. A good three to four minutes in the chamber. Well, I'm not going to say you feel brand new, but damn near. It's as good as it gets. I believe in it. I feel rejuvenated every time I go. Check it out. It's Cryo and More in McKinney, Texas. I'm a big fan, and I know you'll love it as well. Gaia del Cielo was a warrior born in heaven, so the legends say. His wings, they had been broken. He had one eye rolling crazy in his head. It fought a hundred fights. And the legends say that one night near One of my all-time favorites, Gallo Del Cielo, <laughs> bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you. Thanks for being here today. We're still visiting with bow hunter Kyle Peterson. And we'll get back into the unfortunate story of uh, Mr. Greenpants, who I'm a fan of, by the way, uh, but the, uh, the slang term for game warden. Uh, how they confiscated the red stag that he shot in the Sam Houston National Forest. Before we do that, though, this segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. I'm a proud member. I'd love for you to join our ranks because there is no group of folks who's actively doing more to help ensure that you never lose your rights as a hunter. They're doing it both domestically and internationally. For more info, head over to safariclub.org. Okay, uh, Kyle, thanks for sticking around through the break. So how big was the stag, out of curiosity? Oh, man, he was pretty big, um, Mm -hmm. just undersized elk. uh, I guess I could say definitely bigger than a white tail. Um, Like four or 500 pounds, probably? Yeah, I quartered it out. Uh, and that was another thing I've learned how to do all that, like field dress. Like I pulled up a YouTube video and I'm like, okay, yeah. All right. Haircut here. And I'm just, you know, I have to self-remind myself cause I don't know yeah. all the stuff. So I literally, it's like walking out with late, you know, I was really pumped up and excited cause all that stuff started to transpire. And I started to, you know, once you cut it up and you start to do it and you have the good cuts and you get the hind quarters off and, um, you know, I started to gain really confident you know, gain confidence in it and mm-hmm. uh, excited to do it. You know, like right now I'm actually, we're processing one of my buddy's tears, you know, here in the office. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So did you even get to the point of, of processing this thing or did taking it somewhere or did the, did the mountain end up at the taxidermist before the game warden came? Uh, so I, I had it at my house and I was doing it. I was learning how to do a year amount. So uh-huh. I started doing, you know, I started doing my own year amount. Um, and it actually was looking really good. <laughs> I could send you a picture of it. Um, it was looking really good. And, uh, so they, they did not, they came to my house and they came back a week later to get like my meat and everything. So literally we, you know, we, we did process like maybe half of that, mm-hmm. but before they came and we were like cooking it. Like we were having yeah. stag burgers, which were delicious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were made stag burgers. We ate the back straps. I mean, we, I mean, as soon as I shot it, uh, we like, I have my coworkers and my buddies and we all started, you know, chowing down on it and enjoying mm-hmm. it really. Good for you. To- and, it, and I want to be clear, like it, it might come across as I'm condoning someone. I mean, I hate to say poaching, but like technically they're going to say, oh, well, you poached this animal because it's not on the list. And I'm not condoning it. Again, I'm just pointing out the ridiculousness 
the, the ridiculous nature of this law. So again, you're a new hunter, you're, you're all in and you've shot this once in a lifetime animal and now they've taken it from you on a technicality, Yep. which to me just, yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. Um, yeah, I've gone back and forth in my mind, like, man, I did that wrong. I should have known the laws. I should have, you know, like, and there are hunters out there that would say, well, Kyle, yeah, you're a dumbass because you should have known the laws, right? There's pe there's yeah. plenty of people, but there's also people like me. It's like, okay, knowing what we know about Texas and how we treat all of our exotics, would, would the average hunter think that that would, wouldn't be the same in a national forest inside Texas? Uh, yeah, I guess you probably should read the regulations, but most people just assume exotics. Boom. Okay. Oh, great opportunity for me. And, uh, thing. and like eight, literally eight people talked me into it. Like, Hey, yeah, that's, that's, that's free game, man. Good job. That's awesome. Yeah. And I kept hearing that. And then I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I should not, I should not have done it, but it is what it is. Um, so, so was, posting it on social media is what, what yeah, that's what got. caught me. That's what yeah. that's what it got me. So yeah, we get something like that. Don't don't post it on Facebook. Well, and it sucks that you have to say that's what followers. caught me because it makes you it makes it sound like you're some criminal that was up to no yeah. good instead of just a guy it. out there that had a once in a lifetime interaction and let an arrow fly at something he thought, you know, just this shouldn't be a a, a taboo species to take here, and it shouldn't be, and that's the whole point. Let's get this law changed so that we don't make bad guys out of good guys again in the future what how much was the ticket uh it's like a speeding ticket it's like four hundred dollars and yeah. at first i thought it was a class a but it's a class c so it's literally to them it's not that big of a deal to, i mean they made it a big deal but then the ticket is you know obviously it's just like a speeding ticket it's like you get caught speeding no loss of hunting rights or anything like that no it didn't you know See, so like and if I, you went out and say poached, you went spotlighting with the white for whitetail and you shot a whitetail on someone's private property with a spotlight, like they would throw you under the jail. Like you yeah, would lose your, they'd take your truck, they'd take your guns, they'd write you a big ass ticket. Yeah. And you know, you'd probably wouldn't be able to hunt for two or three years, maybe longer, nor should you. So this tells me they don't really think it was that big of a deal either if it's just a $400 ticket, right? They're kind of looking at it was like, well, yeah, you shot this thing. It's not on the list. So here's your speeding ticket. And I posted it and the guy said tons of people called, like the hundreds of people called into the game warden's office all the way up to like the top. It went all the way to Austin is what he said. And he said it went huh. viral within our workforce. And, um, that's why they, I guess they had to do something about it. Um, cause it went viral within their game warden workforce. So that begs the question, how would we go about changing this? If it's, a, if it's federal land, which it is, I guess we would have to like petition the feds, but if they have Texas game wardens working it, then I, I, I don't know. I don't know the intricacies there, but I will try to get uh, to the bottom of that. Cause yeah, again, the, it just, the lawmakers and the legislation, you know, and uh, the people that work together with the the game warden, the I don't know much about that those laws, right? You know, I'm still trying to figure out how to be a law abiding hunter. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Well, your intent wasn't to poach, and I think that uh, yeah. that goes a long way. Like, you know, you can tell when someone makes an honest mistake. Didn't even know that you're doing anything wrong. No, uh, I felt really good about doing it too. 
<laughs> yeah, I felt really good about doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So they took away the they took away the antlers and the meat. Yeah. At least you got to eat some of it. Yeah, we got to eat a lot of it. <laughs> made some made some burgers and that was that was that was really good. They're really yeah. a lot better than I thought they would be. <laughs> right on. You told me though also somebody sent you a message saying those are my neighbors red stag leave them alone or something like that what what was the story there yeah so the guy saw the post uh and then sent me a direct message um and he said he said yeah these are my neighbor's deer um he goes he goes i told somebody else but they didn't believe me that it was a illegal kill and he like kind of was like yeah man don't shoot those red stag those are my neighbors and, uh, you know, like we kind of were, you know, talking and it's like, obviously like those are like in the national forest, as soon as they leave your fence, you know, those are not your stag. You're not like, you can't have pets in the national forest. Right. So, you know, they're just there and it was, I mean, it was trying to chase a whitetail doe. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was it's trying weird, to, it's weird too, that it was sniffing out a whitetail. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that's ludicrous for him to say, Oh, those are my neighbors. No, they're not. No, they're nobody's once they're on public land. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, I don't mind you hunting down there. And I was like, Well, I'm I'm well, like good because it's not him it's not for him to from, say. <laughs> I'm way away from wherever your high fence ranch is. Like, I know I'm I'm you know, I know I'm I'm not near a high fence hunting. Yeah. And I was it, and it was it's actually like six yards from my truck, which is parked on the main road. So it was literally like off of a main road. Like I'm sure a couple other people like posted uh, on my post, like they've seen them out there, mm-hmm. like this uh, pictures and they, so there's a lot, there's quite a few people that know about it, I think. And, and so is there, a, people, I think. are there a bunch more of them in there? I think so. Yeah. From what I understand, there's quite a few in there. Um, and they're probably, I mean, obviously spread out now. The game warden said there was like years ago they got out. Huh. So been out there for years and I've never seen, I've never seen it. That was the first time I've actually seen it. Mm-hmm. And then I got, and then, and then it happened so fast. So I've never heard, I mean, I've never even heard of them being in the, in the national forest there. Yeah. So. The game wardens knew about, them. like they knew they've known about them apparently for a yeah. while. But so, I guess you're the first one that's actually had the opportunity to take advantage of it and killed one. Yeah. From what I understand, that's why. And then also when I posted it, went viral and they um you know they were like yep we have to do something so they were i mean they went they went they searched all around they went they found me quick <laughs> they yeah. found me. um but they, i mean they're really nice about it they're trying to explain like yeah it's not in that hunt box you know don't you know uh, i was i showed remorse for it because i was like look i don't want to do the wrong thing i'm always trying to you know do the right thing in anything that i'm doing and try to learn how to do it the right way. But, you know, it was to my, you know, knowledge that that's, those are exotics and they shouldn't, that's, that's free game. So mm-hmm. that's my one time. My- one time my buddy and I were at his place and he's an outfitter and, uh, he had a drone that he would use to look for ducks. Not on the day that he was duck hunting because yeah. he's flying it like at three in the afternoon, looking for, for ducks for, you know, a different day. And I took a video of the drone in action because of the the quality. I was like, you could actually see what species of ducks were on the pond. I was like, this is so cool. Like this technology. I just took a video of that and posted it on Instagram. Within an hour, there was oh, yeah. a game warden 
at my buddy's ranch. And I wasn't the one flying yeah. the drone. They're like, yeah, we don't really care what you did because it's not your drone. Let me see. But the they, drone. they, yeah. they, they were like, well, they didn't ask to see the drone. They just said, hey, you are potentially harassing wildlife. And he goes, how? goes well you can't really use the drone for scouting and he goes my understanding is if i'm not hunting that then if i'm not using it to go hunt them right then that it's it's legal and it's my own property and they're like well there's a gray area and he and they yeah. said the drones are such new technology we don't really know how to enforce the law but we don't like the, the optics of it so please don't do it again and he's like so it's yeah. not illegal and they're like we don't really know <laughs> They're, they they're, like, they're writing laws for it now, probably. Yeah, well, and they were also like, do you have your permit? And he didn't know that he needed, he did need a permit that he didn't have. Uh, they'll, get you, the, uh, they'll go down the rabbit hole just to get you, you know? Yeah, well, they, they didn't end up writing him a ticket or anything. They were just yeah. like, hey, uh, let's let's walk it back on, on this uh, practice, even though we don't know if it's legal or illegal, just to be on the safe side. And we're all like, yeah. Sure, whatever whatever you say is fine. You you tell us, but uh, we didn't we didn't have any idea that it was potentially breaking law, and it and it wasn't. It, at the end of the day, they were like, we don't we don't know if it's breaking the law or not. It's such a new technology. Uh, but I was just on the sideline. I was like, yeah, I'm just here and just videoed what he was doing and thought it was really cool. But it it went it goes to show you the the game wardens all followed my page and they yeah. knew instantly. And they and I tagged him, and they knew where his ranch was. Oh yeah! So they just came. They were th literally an hour. They were there. I'm uh, sure they're following me too. Make sure yeah. I don't shoot another stag. <laughs> they asked me to please take the video down because they didn't want to yeah. encourage other people to use their drone for scouting. Yes, that makes uh, sense. But yeah, like, but you can see I've very. About, I have a drone myself. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't I recommend about, it. I'm like, no, that's uh, extremely illegal. Um, yeah. I did bring my drone out there once to like find trails mm -hmm. but that was like the first day and i just want to actually take a picture of lake conroe and like that was more for pictures than anything yeah. scouting and but i had my drone out there in the forest and i guess my buddy was like don't do that do not get caught with a drone out here I'm like, yeah yes that's the last time i brought it so for sure for sure and, and to be clear you know you, you can't use drones to harass wildlife or or push wildlife that's but not, you know yeah. what you can do you can use them to push feral hogs and that's legal. So again, going back to the exotic thing, like, like we've pushed, I hunted this one place where the, the pigs at first didn't know what the drone was. And, and this is all through thermal, like a thermal drone. Yeah, and then they got wary of the noise of the drone and they'd start running. So the guy that was flying the drone would line up like six shooters with thermal and he would just push the hogs into us. Yeah. And it's completely legal. <laughs> yeah, because they're hogs. Yeah, because they're invasive. So that's great. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. And and there's a lot of gray area associated with some of these laws. You would think, like we said, the one that you ended up breaking, uh just common sense, what most people in Texas would know as exotics. Yeah, okay. Well, great. Great for me. It's bad news for the stag, good news for me. Yeah. That's like, not how this played lucky. out. Yeah. Yeah. Or like buy a lottery ticket and like do it, you know, they're saying all signs kinds of things. And you know, I was like, Yeah, I'm lucky, but now you can't do that. So I gotta if I see another stag, then I gotta we gotta let them go. Mm -hmm. Um which is so, dumb, and which is why we yeah. need to get this law changed. It won't get you your stag back, but no, actually no. your stag will end up on the uh 
on the trailer operation game thief trailer where it'll be on the wall of shame yeah it'll, it's it won't say your name it'll just say a hunter in the sam houston national forest shot this red stag yep. and it was confiscated by game wardens here to, and they'll just they'll have they'll mount it i guarantee you your stag's being mounted right now on a shoulder mount yeah the euro mount was perfect i mean it was like i that's another thing i learned how to do all that stuff watch a bunch of youtube videos and euro mount was freaking beautiful like um so and that was like my first one and uh that one was i had it all pressure wash and i had it it was whitening um mm -hmm. and so yeah i'm pretty sure 100 percent that that's on that's in his office right now for sure <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'll just i'll put a picture up that's what i'll do i'm gonna just put a picture <laughs> you'll see it at a you'll see it at a hunting show you'll be like oh yeah you'll, you'll walk up to that trailer and It'll be there with all the other poached animals. You're like, oh, there's I thought about stag. asking them, like, where are you putting it, man? Just send me a picture of where you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gonna... man. Well, yeah, Kyle, so... I, it sucks that you lost the animal on a technicality. Yeah. <laughs> it is the law. You broke the law. So we can't complain that they did what they did, especially once everyone saw it on Facebook. Their hands were probably tied. That, like I said, doesn't make the law make any sense to me and to the average hunter. The way that we treat them should be standard across the board. If it's on federal land, they don't let's not pretend like the feds want red stag in the forest. They don't. So let's uh let's try to get this stuff sorted out because there's no reason that honest hunters need to be turned into bad guys. And it's stupid that if you saw a red stag, you couldn't shoot it. Like, why are they trying to take opportunity away from people? Another thing I don't understand, like, okay, so is it what if they're in like the Davy Crockett? like national forest is that they have different rules than the, the sam you know like, i have no idea i've never yeah. i've never hunted either one but if i did and here's a lesson now for everyone listening if you're gonna hunt someplace new look at the regs so that you 100 know um but there i mean that is solid advice so that you know that you're not breaking the law even if it is a stupid law so uh yeah. i will contact somebody kyle i'm gonna reach out to somebody and get the ball rolling on who we need yeah. to speak to to see if we can't get there's been change. game wardens reaching out to me text me like they can't do that you know like geology blah 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 like he basically was a like a he had something there's several people that like knew about the 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 geology of it and like the just the ins and outs of the rules and regulations and and what the exotics do like he knew you know like hey man that's 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 wrong. They shouldn't have that law. You know, that sucks that they took your stag. Like there's a lot of people that reach out for me. So yeah, man, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of people on our, on our side of this that they need to, you know, look at the exotic law and put, you know, potentially make that statewide, it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, game. it won't get you your stag back. That's the crappy part, but uh, hopefully it can help someone go out in the future. Awesome. White tail. And uh, I'm going to text a picture of the game board. Nice. Badass <laughs> well, cool stuff, man. Thanks for, for telling your story. We certainly appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of the season. You too, buddy. Take right. care. So there you have it. The unfortunate saga of uh, Kyle Peterson, Sam Houston, National Forest, Red Stag. Again, he broke the law. I have no problem with the animal being confiscated. That doesn't make it a good law. We don't treat exotics with some kind of uh, sacred respect in Texas. In fact, Texas Parks and Wildlife 
doesn't want axis deer in the hill country state natural area any more than they want feral hogs on any state land or um, Audad out in West Texas where they compete with desert bighorn. So let's keep it consistent. I will begin to push the envelope and do the research on how to get that legislation changed. At least we're going to figure it out. Don't know if it'll make a difference, but uh, things need to make sense, and that doesn't. That segment of the presentation was brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors. It's the apparel that I wear every time I step into the woods. Absolutely love it. It's a Texas-owned company, so you know the mentality you're getting there. Uh, like, uh, yeah, they didn't vote for Beto. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Uh, okay. Uh, up next, a very special in-studio guest. You know, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That is proving to be true unequivocally with this young man. Uh, he happens to live here. So, yeah, if you haven't figured it out by now. Henry Guy Smith joins us in studio to recap a, a very cold but awesome father-son weekend spent at the Deer Lease right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's time to tell you about Protect products. Veteran-owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback. And the cool thing is, they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's protect, P-R-O-T-E-K-T.com. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. 22 years ago, by my side, caught a fish on a Zepco. A football game in the sun is pregame advice. Thumbs up and have a little fun. Looking back. On the lessons he taught me throughout the years Keep your word as your bond And keep your chin up Whether good or bad Son, says your dad That's a good buddy, Ray Johnston. Son, this is your dad bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you for being here. 
as we've got a special in-studio guest joining us now. Uh, before we get into that conversation, though, this segment is brought to you by Armasite Thermal Imaging and Night Vision Technology. That's what I'm using these days. Absolutely love it. You will as well. Uh, for more info, just head over to Armasite.com to check out their full lineup of thermals and night vision. And with that being said, it is my pleasure to welcome my son, Henry Guy Smith, to the show. I'll make this as painless as possible. Is what? Painless. painless. What is that? It means it won't hurt. <laughs> Why would it hurt? Okay, never mind. Okay. All right. Well, Henry Guy Smith, welcome back to the show, son. Hi. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, uh, this is Henry's least favorite part about our hunting trips is he knows I'm going to drag him here in the studio and put him on the radio <laughs> and the podcast. Uh, but we had a really special weekend recently where we went out to uh, our place in Benjamin, Texas, just uh, west of Seymour. And you'd never been to that lease. No. What did you think of it? Um, It was big. It was cool. It's like 4,000 acres. Yeah. And uh, there's... I think there's 10 guys on it with us. What do they all have that we don't have? Campers. <laughs> so what did we sleep in? Tent. Was it cold? Yeah. I think the first night it was in the low 20s and when we woke up like all of our water bottles were had ice in them. Mm-hmm. The dog's bowl had uh, ice in it. And well, we had a good setup. We, we bought a, a big uh, like eight person family tent. We went camping over fall break as a family. So yep. you and I took that. One of the guys was nice enough to let us run an extension cord from his camper, so we, we actually had a queen-size blow-up mattress. Mm-hmm. And then you set up our all of our food. We had a table in there, so we had like all of our snacks and our food options. You organized it all for us. Yep. And what else did we buy knowing how cold it was going to be? Heaters. Yeah, we got a little uh, propane heater, which we actually took in the blind one day. Um, but yes, we were after... Quite a few things. We were taking Joe on her first duck hunt. That was kind of the secondary goal. First thing was getting Henry a buck. And so on this lease, um, you're allowed one trophy, which is eight, you know, better than an eight point. Or uh, you can also, and you can also take an, a management tier, which is an eight point. But that could be a mature old eight point. Yeah. So you know, we were after something nice for you. What were you shooting? Two forty three. Right? And you shot your buck with that gun last year. Yep. Your first buck in South Texas. And we, I'll be honest, we didn't do much practicing in the off season this year. No. Just life was super busy. Mm -hmm. So we get out there the first evening. We see a deer. I'm like, yeah, you could probably shoot that one, but we couldn't get set up. We were actually in the uh, big chingone. The big chingone. Yeah. And it was like barely light enough to, or it was barely. Yeah, it was getting dark. Yeah. And it was just, it was like, mm, get into that little sketchy area of, of legality. Um, and it was coming up on legal shooting time. But for me, I always quit before legal shooting time because I can't, if yeah. I can't see exactly what it is, I'm not, unless I could say, well, it's a doe. Yeah. I know it doesn't have antlers and that's what mm-hmm. I'm hunting, right? But once, if it's a buck and it's, if it's like 10 minutes before legal shooting time ends, I can't see what's going on. I'm just like, oh, this hunt's yeah. over, you know? I couldn't really see it. So we passed on that one. I think the next morning, 
Maybe we saw a couple really young deer. Yeah, a couple like spikes or something. And like then that. we said, well, we have we have work to do. So we went, scouted out. Our, there's a big lake on the place. We figured out where we were going to duck hunt the next morning. Yep. Then we set up our uh, pop-up blind at a different site. Got that thing ready. And then we went to the range. And you shot your 17 HMR to kind of get back in the swing of things. And then the 243. And you didn't really like the 243 the first time you shot. Yeah. It kind of kicked a little more. Yeah. It just surprised me at first since I haven't like shot it in like a year. So. Yeah. It literally had been 11 months since you shot it. So, so you're like, I don't know if I want, if I like that dad. And I said, okay, buddy, but if you can't get this thing on paper. I can't shoot a deer. So what did you do? Kept trying. (laughs) Yeah. He got over it, manned up. And I didn't push it on him. I didn't. I told you, you know, that's fine. You, you you make the decision. If you don't want to shoot it again, then we'll just hunt for a buck for me. And you could just sit there and watch. And you're mm-hmm. like, mm, no, nah, I don't. I think shooting a buck myself sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, okay. So then we uh, we got squared away. I don't think we saw anything that afternoon. We sat back in the big shingone again. Um, we actually put out our decoy. Sophie, yeah. the working girl. That's what Stalin Frankie named her. Yeah, but she didn't. She didn't have any magic on this trip. No. Um, but uh, but yeah. So no luck that night. Dinners were fun though. We had I think the first night we had some pork chops on the open fire. Yep. You got to experience for the first time what a jet boil is. No, you roosted it on our other camping trip. Oh, I did. Yeah, you made oh. coffee. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But that's what dad takes into the backcountry with him mm-hmm. to make that all of his meals and coffee and all that stuff. Yeah, that thing's cool. Yeah. Uh, and oh, and so I made, what I made for you every morning was hot chocolate. Yep. With the jet boil. Uh, so we had, we had some warm beverages for the blind every morning. Um, but I think we had for dinner, what do we have the next night? Um, we had the steak and sausage and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, then we had some ramen and some uh, whitetail meatballs the last night. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But so we go duck hunting, and I think we we saw, we named the lake Lake Merganser <laughs> because there was more hooded mergansers on the lake than I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Like 500 of them rafted up in the middle. So the next morning, we get set up, get the decoys out, which, oh, what did I get you last week? That waders. You were, Henry got his first pair of waders. Which he was super excited about. Yep. Uh, so he got to help with the decoys for the first time ever. Because usually I'm just yelling at you about staying or er, staying not, dry. Yeah. <laughs> not letting the water go over my boots. There's been times where I look over and there's a boot where Henry once was, and Henry's past that, and yeah. now he's just either wet or just like frozen, <laughs> waiting for me to come rescue him. So we cut that out. He got his own waders. Super excited. We shot three mergansers and one pintail. Like we said, this was JoJo's first duck hunt, uh, so uh, shout out to Rusty, our friend over at Trigger Time Kennels in Bottom, Texas. An interesting thing for anyone that doesn't know, they changed the uh, framework for Morgansers. You used to be able to shoot, I think, two. Uh, They didn't go towards your limit. Now you can shoot six Morgansers. This is all brand new as of this duck season. Uh, And these are central flyway regs, by the way, but I imagine it's probably standard. Uh, but now you can shoot six mergansers, and they just count as your ducks. Mm-hmm. So uh, what did I tell you merganzers taste like? 
fish. That's right. Not good. <laughs> They're not the best. And you know, we, you and I both like ducks probably more than the girls in our family do. Yeah. Um, but a merganser is going to always be a merganser. It's going to taste like mm-hmm. a merganser. So they're in the freezer, uh, and they will get turned into jerky treats for JoJo. So they're not, not going to go to waste yep. by any stretch of the imagination. So, okay, so we had a good little duck hunt. Uh, then we went to, oh, so there's no TVs out at Deer Camp, but the World Cup's going on. Henry and I both like soccer, so yep. I found a little Mexican food uh, hole-in-the-wall place in Knox City, Texas. I think it's called Isabel's. And there was like eight people in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we we posted up. It was BYOB, so I got a few beers and we posted up in there and watched the U.S. and Wales play. And when the U.S. scored, I embarrassed you. (laughs) (laughs) You yelled, yeah! Real loud. Mm -hmm. And the people in this little country town... I don't think they had any interest in that soccer no, game. No, they probably didn't really They were just care. like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, but Henry just turns red and he's like, Dad, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> so we have a little, we have some Mexican food. We get back. Um, we hunt in our pop-up that evening and on the yeah. way to the pop-up, literally it's like 3.45 in the afternoon. We're walking up to the, the pop-up and the, where the feeder is and like there's a huge boar at the feeder, like massive. And um, we, I knew that there was one around there because I'd been getting pictures of him and I'd shown him to you. Yeah. And he was there. And so we dropped all of our gear and grabbed your gun because what we had been doing was taking your 243, my 7 mag, and just trying to switch mm-hmm. the suppressor. The, yeah, because they're both sided in with the suppressor, but that didn't really work. Yeah. Luckily, the suppressor was on the 243, so we're sneaking up. I'm like, okay, I got the tripod. You've never shot a pig. I was like, Henry, this is your moment. And we're like 100 yards away. And you're like, oh, I forgot something in the bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your eye patch. So. Yeah. So he went. To, Henry's got uh, left eye dominant. He's right-handed. So we're working through that. So he went back to get it. The pig starts walking right at me. I'm like, he's going to wind us or he's just going to leave. So I smoked him with your 243. I felt yep. bad. It was your pig. But <laughs> either way, he had to, he had to go. Yeah. He he drops. Actually, shot him a couple times, but he shot him twice with the um, two forty three. Yeah, and then two seven or twice, twice with, with the seven, seven mag. mag. Once you brought that, so Henry comes back with the seven mag, and the pig is disabled but not dead. And we uh, we finish him off with the seven mag. Um, how how heavy do you think that thing was? Probably around two hundred seventy pounds. Two seventy. Well, so I weigh two twelve. I'm thinking it was. 240 or 250. I don't know. Either way, we drug it about 70 yards away from the feeder and we're like, yep. we, we're, we're sweating and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, no, it's not working out. Um, so we drug him off as far away as we could. And then with all the shooting going on, of course, we didn't see a deer that yeah, evening. Yeah, no. Go to camp, eat our uh, ramen. And meatballs. Mm-hmm. Have some, uh, I think I might have had a, Adult beverage, and maybe you had a Powerade, and then yeah. we uh, oh, we had plenty of Halloween candy in the blind <laughs> every hunt. Yep. And then the next morning, we get up, and I'll say this: it was so cold every night. Henry literally slept in his hunting, his full hunting jacket, his long johns, everything, a sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. We had like our hoodies with our hoods over our heads. I slept in gloves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, he never complained one time. And he doesn't complain about, and this is why I love this kid. He doesn't complain when I come in and wake him up, whether it's here or at the Dooley's, it's 4.30 in the morning. Hey, dude, time to go hunting. He's like, okay. He wakes up. It's good to go. Has some Pop-Tarts, and he's ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, your Lala, uh, Aaron's mom, the, the kiddo's grandma, was able to keep the twins that uh, that last night because we were only supposed to be gone two nights and Aaron had to work, so uh, we didn't get it done. I, I called her, and on very short notice, Lala said, yes, I can watch the girls, no problem. Uh, so we certainly appreciate uh, your grandma for doing that, giving us uh, two more hunts out of the deal. So thanks, Kay. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll figure out if those extra hunts actually paid off for Henry to uh, to put his tag on a mature white-tailed deer. That segment of the show brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy and Big and J Whitetail Attractants. You can find their entire lineup of attractants right there at bigandj.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoors show. I see a coyote sneaking As he crawls through the brush on the hill and the eagle screams down, stay close to the ground. Man walks among us, be still, be still. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then Three Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Hey, this is Kevin Van Dam, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Grandfather always said God's fisher, and now I know the reason why. Hold him some time. little Sturgill Simpson bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. Uh, we've still got my son, Henry Guy Smith, here in studio. And uh, we will finish reliving the uh, the hunting trip, which has been the highlight of my 2022. No doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, we'll finish that up here in just a second. This segment is brought to you by... Mossberg Firearms and the Patriot Rifle lineup. That's what Henry uses in the uh, 243. And uh, all of them come threaded, so they're suppressor ready, which is great. Uh, cuts recoil in half, which is perfect for introducing young shooters into the sport. So, highly recommend that. Uh, and then also Black Rifle Coffee, which is uh, 
You know, Henry might have been taking naps in the blind every morning, but uh, not Dad. He was all hopped up on Black Rifle's AK-47 brew. And uh, you can find all of their coffees as well as their unapologetic and patriotic swag right there at blackriflecoffee.com. Okay, well, Henry, let's talk about that last morning. Thanks again to Grandma for uh, watching your twin sisters so you and I could squeeze in a couple more hunts. So we go to our pop-up blind, and uh, I don't even take the 7 mag that day because no, I told you, what did I tell you? Um, I told you whatever buck walks out, whether it's a management or a trophy, it's your buck. Remember? Uh, yeah. I said, you can, sh- you're like, but what about your trophy? I said, I've shot enough deer, buddy. This is, uh, and this is what, this is the cool part about being a dad that is raising a kid as a hunter is, you know, I'd, it gives me more joy to see you shoot something than for me to shoot something. Mm-hmm. And so Henry does take a little cat nap usually between when we get settled in the blind and when the sun actually comes up. Yeah. So he was still snoozing. <laughs> There was a, a a spike at the feeder, and all of a sudden, this this eight point walks literally right in front of the blind. It was like just now light, so like that was like right when I usually would. Get yeah, up. the spike was there before legal shooting yeah. time. Like I didn't even know what it was until the sun came up. Mm-hmm. He was just hanging out, and uh, but here's this buck, and he's ten yards in front of us. He looks into the pop up, but you know the sun's in his face. He he doesn't smell us. The wind's good. And then when he's about 40 yards away, headed towards the feeder, I nudge you. Like, Henry, Henry, wake up, wake up. And he pops up. And he's like, oh, your eyes got real big. I was like, there's your buck right there. <laughs> and so he gets on the, uh, on the 243. Yep. We've got our tripod in the, in the pop-up. And how long do you think it took for him to get completely Probably broad? Probably like 10 minutes. And you had to come off the gun multiple times. Yeah. And he just wasn't cooperating. Finally, he turns broadside. And I'm like, okay, you know, whenever you're ready. And uh, and it, so there's this part of me that wants to film these the actual shot. But I also am more concerned with, like, making sure I see what where the shot placement is. Yeah. So I don't I don't record that part. I record the reactions and stuff like that. But um, I was looking through the binos. Didn't even need to because the 243 goes off and boom the buck just drops like a freaking sack of potatoes <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome and i was like I was, I was like what did i tell you to do though it's very important i know you dropped him but yeah really yeah because what i mean sometimes it, it could just get back up yeah so you reload we watch him for a minute i look at him through the binos he's he's done and we're just hugging high-fiving i was so proud of you man we get we get out of the blind and make sure that the deer is uh, expired. Yep. And dude, it was a great eight point old buck. A lot of good, like nice mass. What was your favorite thing about him? Um. Maybe the maybe the upcoming meatballs yeah. and sausages and everything. Where did you shoot him? In the neck. Dropped him. Yeah. Neck shot's a good lethal shot. He didn't go. He didn't take another step. We're like, well, you know what? Let's go. Uh, let's go get the truck. We'll we'll put him in the bed of the truck, and then we'll take him somewhere and, and field dress him so we can get that away from the feeder. Yep. Well, when we're doing that, we're walking back to the truck. Henry's carrying the gun. I just randomly like four does just in the field, like right next to our truck. Just right next, like to massive out. pasture, and they're just hanging out by the truck. And I'm just look at Henry, and I'm like, give me that gun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're already going to the processor. Boom! 
So now we've got a doe and a, a buck on the ground. Yep. I'm not going to lie. My hands were so cold. It was nice getting my getting them a little bloody, <laughs> getting them warm. So we get her gutted. We head back to your buck, get him loaded up, and to a place where I'm going to field dress him. And then we... Henry suffered an injury, <laughs> and it was a, it hurt. I felt so bad. I mean, there was a few tears in his eyes, and it, it would have made a grown man wince, maybe say a few bad words. Because uh, I said, "All right, bud, you grab the antlers, and I'm going to pull the the hindquarters back, and we're going to flip them out of the bed of the truck and onto the ground." Well, Henry's what? How much you weighed yourself the other day? What did you weigh? <laughs> like sixty five. Sixty five pounds. Yeah. And so here comes the, the buck's head, and I'm thinking, well, this isn't this is an easy thing for a grown man to do, not yeah. for a nine year old kid. And the antlers literally come flying out, all of the weight comes out, and the antlers just hit Henry right in the knee. Mm-hmm. And instant to instantly, I'm like, oh no! I'm thinking, did that thing stab him? Are we going to the hospital? So I, you know, I pull up his pants and his long johns, and there's there's like blood under the skin. And a pretty bad bruise. bruise already starting to happen. And I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. And uh, he was very forgiving, though. Yeah. I think still running on adrenaline from having shot such a nice deer. <laughs> How does that knee feel now? I mean, I think it's it's mostly better, but I think I still have a little bit of a bruise. It's still a little sore like a week yeah. later? Yeah. <laughs> I still have a bruise, but it doesn't really like hurt when I walk anymore, though. Oh, man, it hurt when he walked. Uh, what a terrible dad. <laughs> but he toughed that out, too. We get that thing loaded up and then uh, packed up camp, which he was very helpful. Um, you're, you're really a pleasure to be in hunting camp with, but you're very helpful. Um, oh, there was one moment, though, that was kind of scary because I thought we were going to lose our dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we get literally outside of the ranch and onto the pavement to go to uh, the Mexican place in Knox City. Yeah. And I had this sinking feeling because Joe had her kennel in our tent. Yeah, because we were just like, I don't know. When we were hunting, we didn't take her with us for deer hunting. And like playing games on our phones or something and but you like told her to get in the kennel but you didn't actually shut it so. i didn't shut it but then i had this realization that once we hit the pavement i was like henry did you shut the kennel he's like no dad sorry i was like no i didn't ask you to i just was wondering if you did because i don't think i did so we whip it in reverse fly back to camp and jojo is outside of the, she had gotten out of the tent i guess we had left the little the patch open and then she just stuck her head and made it bigger and she's just running around right outside the tent. I think she, God. like, just got out. Like, I think we got there right in time because she, like, was going around the tent. So. Oh, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. So thank God that we found her in time. And then and then we got to go eat Mexican food. But Yeah. <laughs> um, then we, we got camp broken down, and we, uh, we had tagged our deer and headed straight to Cinnamon Creek. Yep. Where Henry got to pick out all kinds of delicious meaty treats Mm -hmm. the other cool thing so i actually kind of blew up the uh the vitals of the doe that i shot yeah but henry was like well at least we didn't at least i didn't shoot mine in the heart so we can still eat it yeah (laughs) so you like the heart yep yeah 
So we're going to have uh, some heart stir fry coming up sometime this week. But anyway, I appreciate you coming in here and letting me pull your teeth. I know this isn't your favorite thing, but uh, I love you. I'm proud of you. That's your second eight-point buck. Um, were you more nervous this one or on this one or the first one? Probably the first one. Yeah. But probably about the same. I don't really know. Did you get that? S- Remember last year you told me, Dad, I had this feeling where like I – not like I was going to throw up, but kind of like maybe like riding yeah. a roller coaster or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first one's always the mers- most uh, nerve wracking. But, yeah. you know, every time I come to full draw on an elk, I get that feeling. Oh. And if it ever goes away, I think that probably it's time to stop hunting because that's, uh, that's what keeps you coming back. That thrill of the hunt. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, bud, I'm proud of you. I love you. Thank you. I know you love me too. Love you. <laughs> All right. Get out of here. So there he goes, and he couldn't get out of here fast enough. Literally ran out of the studio. Thanks, Dad, uh, for stopping the torture session, I think was the message there. But uh, he's a good sport and is turning into quite the the little hunter himself. Uh, so uh, thanks to Henry for jumping on. Thanks to our other guest today as well, Kyle Peterson. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible as we are flat out of time. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying take a kid hunting, and y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Robert Keene and cold beer Filling up our stockings with all that Christmas cheer Bottles of Tito's and tacos Good friends and nachos Got my girl and she's all I'm asking for this year